You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode four of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today I'm back on my own after last episode out. We uh, was joined by Chris Howard for a NBA season preview episode. Um, thanks again to Chris for joining me for that. I thought that was really, really good. Um, if you want to catch that, if you missed it, just uh, head to our episodes. It was the last one out, number three, done a couple of weeks ago, and we will preview uh, all the seedings, what we think, how the heat will get on and uh, many other things. So uh, check that out if you haven't already done so. Uh, but today is the start of the NBA 2019-2020 season. It all kicks off tonight. Uh, the heat are on tomorrow at home to the Memphis Grizzlies and it seems like a good time to go through a few things that have happened since we last had an episode. I want to talk mainly about three, three or four things. First up, I want to talk about Dion Waiters and what has happened there. Um, he's been expelled from the team for uh, a game, at least at the moment. We'll see what happens with that, so I want to give my take on that. Uh, we'll look at uh, briefly over pre-season, um, who shined uh, and the roster and how it might look and how it should look going into this season. Uh, we'll talk about how high this Heat team could possibly seed um, and um, what our ceiling could be there. And then we'll also have a look at some potential new signings that might come around trade deadline now that Bradley Bill has re-signed with the Washington Wizards for some very strange reason. Uh, we'll look at um, other possibilities uh, that are on the market. So that is all coming up right now. Right, so the first segment of this episode is going to concern uh, Dion Waiters and what has happened with the fallout with the Heat organisation. Now, um, if you happen to have missed it, uh, Dion has been suspended for one game, so he will miss the Memphis Grizzlies season opener uh, for reasons... Um, detrimental to the team is the uh, the line we've been fed. Um, now, it's no secret that Dion wants to be a starter in this organisation. I'm going to start with a little bit of sympathy for Dion because he has been working out and working hard every day in the off-season to come back from his uh, horrific uh, injury that kept him out for pretty much all of last season. He's been posting and saying, you know, he's going to grind, he's going to work, he's lost a ton of weight, he's looking sharp, he's looking good. Even in pre-season where he's featured, he's had a couple of really good games, effective games. So he feels like he's put in the work, he's obviously got his payday a couple of years back, so he feels like his contract um, suspects that it should be guaranteed to be a starter. Um, and he's had his nose put out of joint because we have had, out of nowhere, our 11th pick, of the draft this year, Tyler Harrow, has come in and has blown everyone away with his performances, his energy, his lights out shooting, uh, the fact that uh, Jimmy has immediately put him under his wing. It seems like they've become best mates since uh, since he's joined. Um, and Dion has, um, has now faltered in the pecking order behind Tyler. So his nose has been put out of joint and uh, he's, uh, he's not happy. And it's obviously come to such a point now where... 
it's got to a stage where the the, the organisation have decided to fine him because he's clearly not having it. He's not having it that he should be starting as a bench roll. It's hurt his ego that much. So I sympathise a bit for you, Dion. But on the other hand, get over it, mate. I mean, th- th- this is what's happened. We, we, we can't be celebrating the fact that you've put in a lot of hard work in the off-season. Like, well done for getting yourself into shape. But that doesn't mean that, oh, you know, we've got to start you every game. Now you're a guaranteed starter, but even though everyone else around you has also been singing from the same hymn sheet, putting in lights-out performances, and all right, it just so happens it it happens to be a rookie of a kid who's come in and looks like he's going to take your spot. Well, all right, get your head down, continue to keep working, and, and get on with your game. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that in your head you think that no one else matters other than Dion Waiters. You've put in some hard work in the off-season and you've got yourself in shape. Therefore, I'm a starter. Well, no, sorry, that's not how it works at all. Uh, you know, you look at someone who should also probably be having this sort of frame of mind and this mindset is Goran Dragic, you know. He was the same sort of thing as Dion last year. Uh, injury disrupted season. Um, it came back. Uh, had lost his spot to uh, point guard Justin Win- Justice Winslow. Um, and he carried on without a murmur. He, he doesn't like it. He wants to be a starter. Of course he does. But, you know, this was a guy who was an all-star the year before. So definitely he deserves to to, to be starting games. But he's, he's accepted it. He's, part, he's grinding it out. And you haven't heard a peep from him this season, even though it looks like he's going to be a, a starter on the bench. So this is the role you should be following, Dion. You know, the, what, what annoys me is you are an effective player. You, you are the sort of player that we are going to need. We're going to be relying on you at times this season, whether it be from the start or from the bench. So you've got to grow up and just accept the fact that at the moment you are on the bench. That doesn't mean you're going to stay on the bench. What happens if Tyler Harrow has half a dozen starts and doesn't really do a lot? You know, he starts slowly. You know, he doesn't adapt maybe to everyone now going up five gears because it's everyone's NBA ready. You know, a week, two weeks is a long time in in the NBA. If Tyler starts and doesn't do that great, guess who's going to be coming straight back in? Dion Waiters. So. You know, you're not gonna you're gonna be starting games. You're not gonna be spending the year on the bench. So get a grip of your ego, accept your bench role, and work hard because we will need you on this team. You know, you are you're a good NBA player. We we, we rely on your points. You could be dropping 15 points plus a game for us. We're gonna need that, whether it's from the start or from the bench. And this is not the way to be tackling or handling the situation. And, you know, if it was good enough for Dwayne Wade last season, you know, he spent the entire year on the bench in his team, his house. He was a bench player and he got on with it. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for Dion Waiters. And let's have it right. One more thing on the uh, on the subject. You demanding to be a starter. Well, OK. How many teams, if we decide that you're going to be traded because of this, how many teams is Dion Waiters starting for? Maybe five or six I could probably think of. Are any of them better than Miami Heat? No. So you want to go and be a starter for a team that's going to be maybe tanking come mid-November? Then you go do it. Or get your ego in check and work hard and get back into this team the right way. Stop spitting your dummy out because everybody else in this team is on the same hymn sheet.
We're working hard to perform this year. So get in line, Dion, because we need you, mate. Get stuck into training and put this past you. Hopefully, that's what you'll do. Okay, so that's the Dion Waiters rent done and dusted. We can put that to one side. And it's time now to talk about the pre-season summary and uh, and looking at this roster and how it might look going into the season. So pre-season was a big success for Miami. I think um, you know winning every game apart from the, the last one against Houston. And even then Houston needed all their stars all the way through just to beat us by a handful of points in the end when, with a team that was mainly full of uh, minutes uh, together with G League players and fringe players but um, and, and needing uh, Kendrick Nunn still dropping 40 on them, uh, which, was, uh, which was incredible. But um, it, on the whole, it was, uh, it was a really good pre-season for the Heat. I think um, a couple of shining lights obviously were, were Tyler Harrow, um, the buzz that uh, came from his momentum moving on from Summer League into now pre-season it's just gone to another level so much so that even I in my last podcast episode that I did with Chris mentioned that we was all getting a bit ahead of ourselves and that we needed to allow Tyler uh, to, to, to adapt to the NBA and to start on the bench with, with Dion starting in his place that was literally only a couple of weeks ago and um, all right, it's not going to happen now anyway uh, with Dion because obviously he's, he's talked himself onto uh, onto the bench or onto a, onto a suspension at the moment. But even putting that to one side, I, I would have changed my mind anyway. You just can't ignore how well Tyler Harrow's done. He's just he he just looks like he's he's brimming with confidence, like he's going to take this in his stride. And I, I know that you can't get too much ahead of yourself with with preseason. But but tell me what the boy could have done anymore. Uh, he, he's, he's been brilliant. So a, a lot of buzz. He's been obviously the, the, the main star. Obviously a brilliant game, like I just mentioned, from Kendrick Nunn, uh, dropping 40 on the Rockets. And, and I've, I've said this in a tweet that you might have seen, that he's going under the radar because he's only going to really get sort of handfuls of minutes this season. But what what a player to have as like your third choice point guard. He's, he's got a skill set. You know that that every, the league should be a little bit frightened of is he can tell me what he can't do again. All right, maybe defensively he could maybe be improved a bit, but that will come. But um, I think Kendrick Nunn's being slept on a little bit. I think that he can um, he can be an impact player this even as soon as this year. So really excited to see that. Um, you get a little bit um, of the feeling that the preseason was um, sort of a, a hurry up and get the season started for people like um, Winslow. And obviously Jimmy as well. They're not really getting out of second or third gear, just going through the motions. That you can tell they're sort of waiting for the season to start. Um, Winslow, you know, need, maybe needs to get a little bit sharper. Um, but 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 Jimmy, I, I just think he doesn't give a toss about what's happening in, in preseason at the moment. He just wants to crack on. Um, and and Bam, I thought Bam was really good. You know, a couple of double doubles in there, which is something he didn't get many of. Uh, in the minutes and even leading as a starter last year, at the back end of last year ahead of Whiteside. Um, so it's good to see him already sticking a few of them in the book um, going going uh, through the, the pre-season schedule. So I think it's been brilliant um, and it brings me on now to really look at what this team's um, starting five and sort of bench role we're, we're looking at now. I think really that the one to five... Is pretty much set now. I think everyone is now sort of on the same page. 
Um, there will be a few arguments before the, the waiter situation on who should start but between Dion and, uh, and Tyler Herrera. I think that might have been a little bit more split than it is now. Obviously, it's, it's now no longer an issue, as I said. But I think we're all going to be looking at a, um, a starting five of uh, Winslow at point. Um, then we'll have Hero, Jimmy Butler, obviously. Um, then either Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard, depending on the fitness for Kelly, because he's only recently come back after uh, getting his injury in the World Cup. Um, I would say it's probably going to be Kelly. I think, if, assuming that everyone was fully fit, I think most people would, would be saying Kelly Olynyk gets that slot. Um, so I, let, let's say let's assume it's going to be Kelly uh, uh, in that in that position, and then obviously um, five will be uh, will be Bam. So I think as a one to five, that's pretty good. That's competitive. It's not um, you know it's, if you took it as that five going through the NBA, um, it will be sort of middling out. It's somewhere in the middle. It's nowhere near the the, the strongest in the league, um, but it's by far no no means uh, the weakest either. So I think that. Um, that five is going to cause problems. It's defensively very, very efficient. Um, always going to be tough to score against us, especially now with that five and adding Jimmy to it as well, who's an elite defender. Um, so I think that's, um, I think that's going to cause problems. It's going to be a, a good team to watch. But what really excites me is the second junior or what comes next. And again, I'm going to assume that the Dion situation gets sorted. Let's let's say it does for the moment. Let's say he gets his head down. He, he you know, he starts to work again and he becomes now an, an, an important piece, like I mentioned, for Miami this season. Let's say that it goes down that route, which is what I hope it does. If you then look at the the, the 6-9 to, to nine or the 6-10, to 10, we'll have Goran Dragic, probably a sixth man, or Dion Waiters, 6-7. and seven. Let's say it's them them two as 6-7. and seven. You know, that that's pretty, that's not a bad start, is it? 6th and 7th, them two. Then you've got Derek Jones Jr. coming in. That athleticism, that explosion coming off the bench, you know, when people are starting to wear, that's a, you know, that's a real asset for the Heat. Then you've got Mayers Leonard, let's say, who's going to come in for Kelly. Uh, you know, again, a, a great shooter, a real player who's really embraced the culture since he's joined Miami. You know, new new signing this year. Immediately, he's become a fan's favourite. You know, he's very social. He's very likable. Um, he comments back on to fans on Twitter. He likes pretty much everything you ever put to him, um, and he, he seems to you know with with um, his his misses as well. He's been great fun on Twitter. Um, them two have really embraced um, coming to Miami and instantly have become a fan's favourite. So uh, really looking forward to seeing Mayers coming off the bench, um, and he can do some damage as well. Don't forget that he's a great shooter. And then you've got players like James Johnson still. I mean, you know. Similar sort of role to Dion, he's not come back in shape despite working hard. I mean, you know, there's a difference between coming back in shape and coming back in the shape that the Heat want you to come back in, and that's where he's fell, fall, fallen a little bit short, maybe. But again, I look at that attitude, and he's another player that's been maybe on the trade block, you know, he's not really performed since he got paid, um, yet he's not, you know, calling out the coaching staff and going off on one on Twitter or on Instagram. He's getting his head down. He's been interviewed saying, look, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try and get back into this team. And if he does and we get a fully firing James Johnson, even though I've criticised him several times, you know, we, we can still have a, a good player there. I mean, he could be, he could be a, a ninth or tenth man. And you tell me, however, how, how many other ninth or tenth men there are in this league that 
are earning 15 million. You know, I mean, a lot of people might laugh and go, well, that's just Pat giving out stupid contracts. But he was paid that money because once upon a time, he was a very good player. And this is someone who's going to be at the at the back end of our of our roster, you know, ninth, tenth sort, sort of thing. So, you know, again, another dangerous two-way player we've got down there. And then that's not even then, you know, talking about, you know, then the fringe players and the Geely players, like you've got your Duncan Robinsons, um, your, your Kendrick Nunn and uh, and, and uh, KZ Opala. So I look at that depth and I would say how many other teams in the entire NBA can go that deep? I, I admit the one to five is, you know, a little above average, let's say. But I can't think of many teams that can give you a six, seven, eight, nine, ten, as good as the, as what Miami can do. So when you know when teams are starting to tire and you know the starters have played thirty something minutes and we're still bringing out a fresh Derek Jones or a fresh James Johnson and and Goran and Dion, Dion are sharing minutes with the starters. You know this this is where we could we could do some damage. And I think I've tried to sort of remain relatively level headed. Um, with the Heat's expectations this year, I still put them around that sixth or seventh seed. But if you're asking me, and it was going to be the next segment, but I might as well just roll on with it. If you're asking me what the ceiling could be, well, there is no reason whatsoever that this team can't reach a third or fourth seed, a home court seeding in this conference. There's a massive gap between Philly and Milwaukee at the top. I think we all agree that. I can see as many as 10 to 12 games till the next set down. But we're not a million miles away from people like the Celtics and Raptors. And I think if we keep that intensity, we don't have many off nights and we had far too many of them last year. If we can keep it consistent and keep battling and keep fresh and, of course, injury free. Everyone needs that. But we could, we should be targeting a 50-win season. I've got them around the 43-44 mark. I think that might be a little bit conservative. I think much more realistic is maybe a couple wins on top of that. 46, 47, I think is probably, you know, me being a a little bit more optimistic. But the organisation and the team should be looking at a third or fourth seed. A 50-win season should be the target. And I don't see why that can't happen with that team. You tell me how many other teams there are, as I said, that have got that sort of depth. I mean, maybe you would probably say the Bucks. You know, they've got obviously an incredible starting five and then they've got players like, you know, uh, Corvar and Robin Lopez and players like that that can come off the bench that are, again, very good. And that's why they're up amongst with the favourites. But the Heat aren't. The Heat aren't anywhere near the favourites. Um, but that depth is what could could elevate us to that sort of season this year. And with Spo having a very clear idea this season of what his team is going to be, and don't underestimate that because last year it took him three quarters of the season to find out what his team was going to be. Um, once he settled on that five, we became good. And we've got that already and we've added an all-star Jimmy Butler to it. Add that to the depth, I think this could be a good season. Okay, so we're here to be optimistic and that's exactly what we should be doing. Third, fourth seed, you've heard it here, is going to be where we can get Let's see what we can do, Heat Nation.
So next up now we're going to talk about the potential new signings that the Heat could target now that Bradley Bill has committed NBA suicide by re-signing with the Washington Wizards. Um, I don't even want to get started on it. Um, Good luck to you, Bradley. Um, I, I don't really know what you've done there. I mean, the, the, there's not nothing to say that we can't maybe restart something, not just with us, but with anybody. I suppose it just uh, secures maybe more of a more of a uh, return for Washington. But by all accounts, he's very happy and seems to be uh, content in staying in in Washington for a while. So good luck, good luck to you, Bradley. Um, but ever since that got confirmed, um, Heat Twitter immediately moved on. Um, to who could we who we could potentially go for next, and um, immediately uh, we started looking at people like Buddy Hield, um, and uh, in a similar situation uh, as as Bradley, same sort of deal, uh, coming to an end at the same sort of time. But almost as soon as we started getting a little bit excited about talking up Buddy, um, he resigned. in 2021 like pretty much everyone else uh, he's earning 21 million currently on his deal that ends out in two years time now they have just re-signed Sabanis to a long deal uh, they've also paying Brogdon for the next four years big money in fact let me just run you through that even going into 2021-2022 uh, the Pacers are now paying Brogdon 22 million Turner, Miles Turner, 18 million. TJ Warren, 12.5 million. Jeremy Lamb, 10.5 million. Sabanis, 18.5 million. That's already a pretty big outlay before you'd have to max, and that's what it will take, is to max Victor Oladipo. Now, that's a good team, don't get me wrong, that's a strong team. Um, Is it a team that's capable of contending for a title? Not in my opinion. And I think that that's the question that Oladipo will be asking himself is, is he going to run it back with what is effectively this team? Because that team is pretty much committed now for the next few years and there's not much room for more manoeuvre for much else. So let's say we was to look at a deal to maybe cut uh, Oladipo's career with Indiana short. They could maybe take on a couple of our bad contracts. Let's just say waiters and... Johnson, that would cover it, that would more than cover it, um, and it allows them to build as of this summer. Oladipo, as is quite common knowledge, that if you've been on Twitter, you've seen that he's had extracts and Miami is his second home and a place that he loves, so it seems like it might be somewhere that would appeal to him. Um, the only question mark really is whether he feels that he sort of owes it to 
to Indiana because since he's joined them, he's been all-star for two years since joining from OKC. Um, he's been a great player ever since he stepped onto the court um, as a rookie, but his, his numbers have got immensely better since joining Indiana. So he may feel that he's been there two years. This will be his third year coming up. He's been an all-star all the way through. Um, he might feel that that's where he's going to stay. Um, if he doesn't, then Miami may well appeal. It seems like it does appeal to him. And it gives Indiana then a choice of do they do they reset now if they get the feeling that he's not going to re-sign. Potentially, that could be something that we could look at. Uh, again, nothing's going to happen now. Obviously, he's injured anyway. But maybe around trade deadline, it could be something that um, we could be discussing. I certainly expect maybe some discussions to be uh, to be had definitely by next summer anyway. And um, then we could be looking at a, 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 a Victor as a piece to be alongside Jimmy. Maybe a, a, a forever uh, excelling Tyler Harrow, Bam Adebayo. Justice Winslow, there's lots of ifs and buts here, but can you imagine if them three have little breakout years, then you add Jimmy and Victor, that's suddenly looking quite appealing. So that seems like one that could have legs. So we will see how that moves now that uh, Bradley's gone. It could be, it could be that one. As I say, the other rumours are obviously Chris Paul, as we've discussed to death, so we won't really readdress that. And the other name that has been mentioned quite a lot is Kevin Love. Now, I really like him. I think he's a great player. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pursuing that. I just think the injury record maybe um, isn't worth the risk. Again, he's on big money. Um, so at the moment, looks like focus could be on Oladipo, and um, we'll see how that moves. Exciting. So, uh, yep, watch this space. But uh, that brings us on now to the final segment of the uh, of the episode, and that is, as always, the mailbag. So we'll come to that next. We'll get right back to today's episode in a minute, but first I just want to tell you that the Miami Heat UK account is now a proud affiliate and ambassador of Fanatics UK and NBA Store Europe. And I want to help you get a 10% discount on your next merch order. If you want to take advantage of this, you just need to do two very simple things. Firstly, if you click on the link that is embedded into the tweet that has sent this episode live, that will take you into the Fanatics website. You can then put together your order, and then when you get to checkout, all you do is put in voucher code HEATUK10. That's HEATUK1010, and that will give you a 10% discount at checkout. So if you want to get your new Miami Heat gear, if you want to get those Jimmy Butler jerseys, you'll need that code. However, this offer does not apply to just Miami Heat. It doesn't even just apply to the NBA. It is site-wide. You can get anything you want from the NFL teams. You can get NHL, MLB, MLS. It's even got some of the UK soccer stuff on there, and it is site-wide applicable. So just go to checkout, put in Heat UK 10 to get a 10% discount on your next merch order. Now back to the episode. So final segment, as always, is the mailbag section. And um, apologies, I didn't give much notice this time. I sort of sprung it on everyone that I was going to be doing an episode. So um, I didn't get much response, but understandably so. However, good old Chris Howard, who done the pod with me last last time out, uh, came to my rescue and gave me a question. And it was a Bradley Bill-related question. Um, 
probably because uh, he knows that I was a bit upset about uh, not, not securing Bill. Uh, I got a few messages from him in the week saying, you know, I'm here for you, mate, and all the usual sarcasm that came with it. So uh, cheers for that, Chris. But his question was, um, do you believe the Washington front office can surround Bill with championship caliber players in the four years left of his deal? And my answer to that, quite simply, is can they fuck? So, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I, as I've just mentioned in the last segment, I, I don't um, I don't understand why Bill's done it. I mean, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, it doesn't really change a lot, as we just said, because he can still get traded. It just means they've potentially got themselves a better, a better return. And, you know, that's fine. But uh, if Bradley's there... Because he wants to be there, and that's what he keeps saying. That's what the you know all the all the comments are, and all the all the feedback is that he likes it there, and he's happy for him to stay there. Um, then you got to you got to feel that it's probably a money money motivated. That's probably first and foremost that he secured the bag, and he's up there now earning big money. You know, rightly so, because he's a brilliant player. But no, I, I can't see them making making enough or having enough room to to now, you know, get championship caliber players around that team because you've got John Wall on a ridiculous deal you know probably the worst deal in the NBA and he's penned into that for many years Bradley now on a on a good deal and rightly so um but you know Wall isn't guaranteed to come back as the explosive player that we knew him to be so you know he's, he's suffered from an Achilles injury that's that's you know a real gamble of whether he's going to come back even half the player. I hope he does because I like I like John Wall. But let, you know, even with them too now, that's taking up half your salary at least. You know what what else can they bring in and who's going to really be attracted to to Washington? They're not exactly got a history of being a well-run organization. So no, I don't believe a they've got the appeal. The the running of the organization is pretty trash. Um, and you know they they're hinging on. Some of the fringe players maybe making it making it good because I can't I can't see it I just can't see them attracting a a big name to join two already hefty contracts there so uh, sorry sorry Bradley but um, I feel you've done a wrong in there but um, you know what do I know I'm just a, maybe a bitter Heat fan but I think that maybe quite a lot of us around the NBA um, or NBA fandom will be probably thinking along the same section. So cheers for your question, though, Chris. Um, but it's a bitter no from me on that one. So there we go, boys. That was, a, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, that was a um, a, a quick episode. Uh, it was all now gearing forward. Everything starts tonight. I'm sure you're just excited as I am that NBA is back in our lives. Heat start the schedule with Memphis first up um, tomorrow night. Then we're over to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, a tough road game to start off, but at a nice UK-friendly time. That's a 10 p.m. start for us on Saturday. So really looking forward to that. And then I think we're then um, Timberwolves and then a back-to-back against the Hawks and then Rockets, I think, make up our opening game. So, yeah, tough sort of schedule, but just so happy it's all back. And it all kicks off tonight with Toronto versus New Orleans Pelicans. What a great start, followed by the Battle of L.A., with Clippers and Lakers in the early hours. So um, it's back. Get ready for the sleepless, broken nights. Um, But we wouldn't have it any other way. Here in the UK, we love it. And um, I'm really excited to get going on it and discussing it and debating it all season long. There's plenty to come from the website as well. If you haven't seen me posting out um, tweets recently, we've got a few things that we're going to feature 
um, regularly. Every game day, we're going to do the Heat Hot Picks, which is five questions I'll be putting towards every Heat game day. All you have to do is reply to that and you'll go on our leaderboard throughout the season. doesn't matter how much you participate, how frequently. If you do it once, you'll be on there and it'll be a running thing throughout the season. That's one nice feature. We've got the Fantasy League, which 14 of us are in as well. So keep keep your eyes on that. That will get started tonight, of course. And then lastly, I'll be doing some nice uh, tips of the day to see if we can earn a bit of, bit of coinage for ourselves as well. Um, I'll go into all more detail throughout the next couple of days. But in the meantime, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the game at the weekend. And we'll be back maybe this time next week once we're a few games in to see how it's gone. Hopefully to see Heat with a 3 or a 4-0 and start. Let's do it. Enjoy the games, guys. It's back.